This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Isn't there a lot to be said for what your mind will allow you to think and believe and how it affects your life and your play and your relationship at home and all kinds of stuff and he's in a really good space and he did it i didn't do it uh, ben souders didn't do it he did it he just decided hey let me look in the mirror and see what i can fix and he did but i, I agree with you some of the i mean you talk about open field tackling i mean he well, I mean, he caused a fumble and then had an open field tackle. was just him and a lot of space. Now, I think Torrey and Carter, somebody was coming, you know, coming from inside out. But just a lot of positive things, and I think he'll tell you he can get better. And That's Sam Pittman yesterday during his Monday availability talking about safety Jaden Johnson, who came up pretty big for Arkansas uh, in the season opener against Western Carolina. Five tackles, forced a fumble. Also an interception. Chuck, I know you've talked a little bit about this on the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast recently, uh, but it seems that an attitude change is a a major portion of Johnson's ability to get on the field and and do some things when he's out there. Yeah, I thought it was interesting to hear him say that. And he said that during camp, too, about him. And it struck me because, you know, as I've said, I, I... I didn't know if he'd be back with the football team. Talking about Jaden Johnson right now. I think he he was really good as a freshman. I mean, he looked good. Passed the eye test, played some, made some plays. And I thought he would really have a breakout year last year. And by the end of the season, um, I mean, he was in the doghouse. I don't know how else to put it. I mean, he was in the doghouse. And they were about to give up on him. And I didn't know if he'd be back. And, you know, lo and behold, as Coach Pittman said, um, you know, it's not because somebody chewed him out. It's not because somebody said to him, hey, man, this is your last shot. Um, you you can have people say that to you all day long until you decide it doesn't matter. And he decided. Jaden Wilson decided. Uh, we're going to have both those guys on uh, Coach's radio show tomorrow night, and I'm going to be interested to talk to him about some of that, you know, how they decided, what they decided, when they decided, um, all that stuff. So I give both of them credit. You know, we all matured at a different rate. And, um, you know, fortunately for them, it happened when they were still really young. Some of this didn't happen later on. So, uh, good for them. I'm happy for both of them. But, um, yeah, I mean, Jaden Johnson played a ball game, and Jaden Wilson caught a pass, scored a touchdown on the second play from scrimmage. So, that's a pretty good day. Now, now let's get into this a little bit more because when people complain about the transfer portal, they'll complain that you know somebody that's not doesn't enjoy where they're playing. Well, they're just you know they don't they're up against the wall and they're facing adversity and they're just going to try to get out of it. And I think the transfer portal works both ways. I think coaches can communicate to players, you know what, it might not work for you here. You might want to find somewhere else. This is a story of the two sides deciding to stick together, of of sticking of toughing it out together. And again, one game in, it's. It's not like we're all going to Disney World together just yet, but this is kind of the opposite of what people think happens all the time with the transfer portal where a coaching staff might want to try to escape a couple of players and a couple of players might want to escape a coaching staff. That didn't happen here. 
No, and, you know, one of the things that I think some of these players are beginning to figure out, we're all learning a lot as the portal, you know, kind of unfolds on us. But, you know, if Jaden Johnson had entered the transfer portal, let's say at the end of last season, who's going to go get him? I mean, who's going to go get him? He didn't play for a 6-16. and 16. Who's going to go sign that guy? Nobody. You know, um, if you don't play one place, don't think you're going to go play another. You're not playing because you're, 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 you're coming up short. Transfer portals filled with players that aren't any good by standard, you know, by, by, by comparison. Um, Jaden Johnson, I think, and I want to again talk to him about this tomorrow night. Um, he made a decision to mature. He also made a practical decision. There was nowhere Jaden Johnson was going to transfer to or Jaden Wilson either where life would have been as good as it is for them right now. Nowhere. I'm talking about day-to-day life. Perks, NIL, travel, food, whole deal, per diem, everything. You know about that, Matt. And um, I think they're beginning to figure out that you cannot run away from your problem. You're struggling one place, pretty good chance you're going to struggle the next one. Unless you're behind a player who's going pro and you just can't beat him out. That's the only exception. But um, I don't get the sense that a lot of these guys are the, the good players anyway. are transferring because they're unhappy. They're transferring to a place, either one, that they think gives them a better opportunity, or two, 22 years old, and they just want to try something different. Like all of us did sometimes when we were that age. I really do think it's as simple as that for some of them. I think that idea gets in their head and they run with it. But um, there's got to be a reason to transfer. And as we've seen with the success that we've had, and as other schools have seen with the success that they have had, you don't bring some bench warmer in and magically turn him into a stud. If he was a pine rider somewhere else, he'll be a pine rider for you too. If he played somewhere else, he can play for you, too, and you might make it better. But if Jaden Johnson couldn't have played for a 6-6 six and six team, he was not going to go to a better situation. So he made a smart move, and then he did all the things he had to do to improve himself as a player. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I heard Coach Pittman talk about when he's getting portal guys that they made plays somewhere else. Musselman does the same thing. You see those guys coming in on that basketball team, man. They're, they're somewhere else. They're playing good too, and, and and that's a that's a fair point, Chuck. And Chuck, did you get to see any Travis Hunter play, or have you seen the replays of that kid plays? And he played what 129 snaps. I've, have you ever heard of I've anything seen like that? A lot that? of it. No, it's um, you know Dion's going to be the story in college football this year. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. We're all so fired up about realignment and what it's going to look like next year. Um, I think that we're going to get to the end of this season and we're going to have, you, know, you may have a representative from the Pac-12, you may have a representative from the ACC, and you may have the SEC and the Big Ten battling it out for those other two spots. I mean, Florida State's got the inside track now. They're going to win the ACC. They may not lose a game. You know, they could be number one going into this whole thing. When you look at that conference and who, you know, where they are, where Clemson is, I mean, they might stumble once, once, but I don't see it any more than that. And, um, you know, as, as bad as Southern Cal is defensively, they're going to be better offensively than everybody else out there. They're probably going to go 12 and 0 or 11 and 1. And, um, I just think when this year ends, 
we're going to look at it and we're going to go, you know, we, we really are losing something pretty special. I know those teams aren't dissolving and they're still going to play football, but you're not going to have conference representation the way you do now. Um, and I just, you know, I think we're going to have a great season of college football. And all this realignment stuff is, is fun to talk about, but it doesn't happen until next year. And um, I, I, I think there's a lot of things just nationwide to be excited about. And Colorado's one of them. And Hunter's a great player. And Shadur Sanders is a great player. And what I'm going to be interested to see in the aftermath of all this is how many athletic directors out there allow their next coaching hire to do what Dion's done? You know, to bring 75, 80 new guys in. Are they going to allow that to happen? Because, I mean, it helps when you got a couple of good sons, you know, when you got two kids that are good players. But um, what he's done there shows that you may not like it, but it can be done. And I just wonder if we're not going to see some other places follow suit. Yeah, no doubt. We're going to go out with a bang with a great football season this year. And then, like you're saying, next year, <clears throat> it's year one of the, the new iteration of college football. And, yeah, you probably see some teams totally change the way that they uh, make a roster up. Uh, Saturday, Kent State, Arkansas favored more against Kent than they were against Western Carolina. Are we going to get much of a game from the Golden Flashes? Well, they're going to have to make a lot of improvement after their first week. I mean, that guy's got a tough job. You know, you got to remember they they played Georgia thirty nine to twenty two. Yeah, um, but they didn't get a starter back. They lost all their players on offense. I think they got four or five, maybe six back on defense. But it's a total rebuild. They got a new coach, and um, you know, UCF ran them off the field and. Um, it's going to be a week-by-week week process for them. But I would not anticipate them to be as bad as they were against UCF. And uh, I think if Arkansas is going to win this game 56-13, to 13, for example, I think they'll have to be a little better than they were a week ago. So, uh, but look, it's a game Arkansas should win, and um, they should be able to do a lot of the same things they were able to do against Western Carolina. And, See if they come out and emphasize the running game a little more this week. They emphasized the passing game last week, and and I I thought for you know first quarter and a half it was pretty much flawless. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. Your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Guys, Chris Mortensen announced his retirement, but he retired at the end of the NFL draft in April. Well, he says it's not a classic retirement. He says he's still going to be talking ball, according to the tweet. Uh, but he said, uh, "Quote: I made a decision to step away from ESPN and focus on my health, family, and faith." 
The gratitude and humility is overwhelming. Not a classic retirement. I'll still be talking ball here. It's just time. Uh, unquote. That uh, sent a little before 1130 this morning on what used to be Twitter. So uh, how about that? Mort is. I, uh, we've had him on the show before. He he lives in Fayetteville. He, I don't think he misses a Razorback baseball game. He's been a season ticket holder, I think, ever since he moved because he was a baseball writer in Cincinnati for a long time. And uh, man, there's nobody well, as good as Mort. So he his background is that he was uh, he was in L.A. He was at the uh, uh, the Newport Beach paper, the Orange County Register. He broke the strike story, beat the L.A. Times. But he was a beat writer for the Dodgers and then uh, the management of the L.A. paper talked uh, talked him into hiring him in Atlanta to get him out of L.A. So he went from L.A. to Atlanta, worked for the, uh, the, the journal there, um, and was the beat writer for the Braves. And then that became too much when they had uh, Alex and switch to football but that's you know he was a baseball guy you're right uh i count mort as one of my best friends we we talk a lot and you know he's still you know just that that uh throat cancer thing still bugs him and you know like he's he's got a it's it's a battle day to day well, and again, it sounds like it's. He says it's not a classic retirement. So <laughs> I, get I wonder, that. you know what that's all about, <laughs> no, today, right? You don't. You just. You know. You don't want that. That huge job. You still want to do fun stuff. And I think that's what Chris is probably talking about. Well, the way I look at it, it's like, you know, you haven't stopped talking football or writing about the Razorbacks no. or anything like that. You just got time back to do other things that you might find interesting. I think he's doing the same thing. But you can't yeah. just you can't just cover a sport yep. the way that you do and the way that Mort has and then just stop all of a sudden, especially when you got all these other outlets yep. um, that might be he, interested in your, in your writings. He's not going to say this, but I think... He is really excited that Alex is the offensive coordinator at UAB, you know, for Trent Dilfer. He's calling he's calling plays. And I, I would think that that uh, Mickey and, and Chris are probably gonna go to some games in Birmingham. I mean they're, they're I think that's you know, that would be delightful is to go and I think I think Alex is gonna do well and I don't think that's his last stop. We got Alyssa Orange with us here from Pig Trail Nation, so let's talk with Alyssa like we usually do right about now on a Tuesday afternoon. Hey, Alyssa, happy Tuesday to you. Hi. What you up to? Happy Tuesday. I, I'm in the office today. Uh, so sorry, I'm a little behind, just trying to get some stuff ready. I'm actually out of town this weekend. One of my best friends since eighth grade is finally getting married, and so um, I hope the Hog fans can forgive me. I'm going to go watch him get married to his fiance, and I will be back next week. Oh, you're probably not. You're probably going to Tallahassee to celebrate a national championship for Florida State. You're lying. <laughs> oh, if only I could make a detour. I wish. I, but I, I am going to Richmond. Don't be spreading these kind of rumors now, Phil. <laughs> no. Well, we won't We won't spread those rumors. Um, all right. So Arkansas looked good Saturday. It was great to see it at War Memorial Stadium. Um what do you think you learned from uh, from the first game of the season, if anything? Uh, well, you learn that this offense has a lot of potential to be what we thought they were going to be in fall camp. They got off to that fast start. 
that they always talked about. K.J. Jefferson just looked comfortable in the pocket. He was making good decisions. He was throwing really well. And these wide receivers that we've talked about, Andrew Armstrong, Isaac Tesla, even Jaden Wilson, are stepping up. So I appreciate that. I think that's the biggest takeaway from this game. Obviously, we talked about the running game getting going a little bit more, needing some more pressure up front defensively with this D-line that I feel like we've talked a lot about. Um, But at the same time, it's game one, and it's also a game against Western Carolina, and you can't get too high or too low. And and I'd be saying the same thing if we talked about FSU and LSU. Like, as an FSU alum, I can't get too high about that win over LSU. You've got to be realistic. It was a really good game, but it's one game. And so that's kind of how I feel with this Arkansas team is it was one game, and there are some good things that I think specifically offensively uh, that you just like to see. Now you got to just figure out how you build off of it. I really liked watching Satania. I think he's going to break one of those punt returns. He looked fast. Uh, I thought we looked the part. We were bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, what, what, were there any newcomers, any young guys that you, that you really liked? Yeah, yeah. well, I think you're right about Satania for sure. Uh, that That's finally a weapon back there, which is really good to see. Um, you know, I'm really excited for Jaden Wilson. Um, and I, I don't necessarily know if he's a newcomer or a young guy, per se. He's been around for a while, but he's going to be a new name this year. And this is a kid that I talked to after he committed to Arkansas in, in high school and how excited he was to come play here. And I don't know if you know you guys knew this, but his brother played at Ohio State with his wide receiver coach, Kenny Guyton, which is kind of a fun little side note. But um, to see him have success, you know, Matt, I'm sure that you've had some teammates who work so hard um, behind the scenes and finally get that opportunity, and I'm excited to see what Jaden Wilson does with his. I like Singletary, and I've, I've been excited to watch him from the moment that I knew he joined the team just because of where he came from. He was a, he was a Georgia recruit. Um, he is the only five-star on the team. <laughs> Um, I, I guess I'm not a little worried about this next weekend, but I know he wasn't really uh, involved in practice too much yesterday. But that, that's a guy that stood out to me, and I, I think Singletary is – I think he might be your best cornerback right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, he, he's going to be flying around that football. and um, You know, this is a defense that had five takeaways, right? We talked about that. That was huge. Um, but there are a lot of guys who, who have yet to really kind of do anything on paper and, and – We'll be able to see that shine more and more, but you've got Dwight McLaughlin back there as well, and between the two of those guys, um, you're going to see a little bit more of a flashy secondary, which is something that we thought we would see, but we weren't sure about, and maybe this is a glimpse in the right direction. Alyssa, with with week two, not that we're too worried. I, I I know the main thing is let's just get out healthy, let's get ready for BYU. What do you want to see this Hog team uh, do better week two? Run the football. I think everyone would have, would say that if asked. Just run the football better. I want to see a little bit more dominance with, with Rocket Sanders, the kind of dominance we were seeing in practices when we were there and what that looks like with A.J. Green and Rashad DeBinion, um, Dominic Johnson. I mean, if they run the football the entire game against Kent State, I'd be pretty happy about it. That's what I really want to see because um, we know we got wide receivers who can catch the football. I want to see them run it. 
Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I w- to your point, I, what I saw out of Augustave, am, am I saying his last mm-hmm. name right? Man, he looked he looked like he's going to be a stud. And then Dominique Johnson, yeah. he looked like he could be a short yardage back. That would just be like a big old Derrick Henry. Like, how tough is he going to be to bring down? Oh, well, Dom John is huge. And, and he runs hard. But, yeah, he's one of those, like, short down and distance guys that are just going to get you a first down. Uh, and and Augusta is impressive, and that's just what Jimmy Smith has been able to do is put guys that are talented in a running back room that already has talent and make everyone feel like they are contributing just as much as the guy beside them. So um, being able to see everybody get a chance to be a part of that run game is going to be exciting, but I think each one is going to have their role, and it starts with Rocket Sanders and kind of just trickles down. Um but, yeah, it's, I, I don't know what you do with it. I think that's a conversation we've been having for a long time of how do you balance all of the talent you have back there. But uh, put as many of those guys in the game as possible, in my opinion. Is Line there, up Rocket Sanders as a wide receiver. He was recruited as one, so he can catch the football. Yeah, I'd be interested to see him line up there, uh, come out of the backfield <laughs> just to see it. Is there anything that happened this weekend in, in week one by, uh, involving an Arkansas opponent that makes you view that team differently than you did before the season started? Just one week, so I'm not sure what you can take from it, but is there anything out there that makes you think differently about an opponent? Can I say LSU? Sure you can say. I mean, that would be the easy answer. It would. The problem is, is look, look, LSU had some of the same problems last year in the first week, and they still won the West Division. I know. I know. I know, but it's only one week. It's only one week. Uh, I, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna say LSU. I think that maybe LSU has some things to work out more than people assumed. I don't think that J, uh, JT Daniels is as good of a quarterback as everyone says that he is at this moment. And I think that Arkansas playing them here in three weeks suits Arkansas a lot better than if they were playing them in November. I, 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 I'm with you, Alyssa. Also, Florida, with the way they looked against Utah, I think. Oh, that's yeah, a, that was that's, great, wasn't it? Yeah, that's a winnable game for us. <laughs> yes. I, lo- I love they're hearing that from you. She's like, wasn't that great? I loved every that's moment great. of that. That was, that was oh, my awesome. favorite game of the week. <laughs> Man, I was, I was living my best life between Florida losing on Thursday, Arkansas winning Saturday, FSU winning on Sunday, and then Clemson winning yesterday. I was like, all my dreams are coming true, and this is great. Um, but I think you're right. They could go down and, be, and win in Gainesville for the very first time. So that would be exciting. You had to be watching last night's Clemson-Duke uh, game. Like, those, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. That's the one. That I oh, actually, actually have asked the question differently. I should have asked you, is there a team that you watched this weekend that's on, that's on Florida State schedule that makes you view them differently? Mm-hmm. And that, the answer would be Clemson, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Well, that, but they also play Duke. So I'm over here going, okay, Clemson's. Clemson's overrated. That that uh, shininess is starting to wear off. And oh my gosh, Duke actually is good. This Riley Leonard kid. Okay, I'm taking notes. Uh, so yeah, that was fun. Now, I wasn't watching the game as much as I was following it on my phone because Saul and I were watching a movie last night. Uh, and then I finally was like, they're about to lose. You need to change it over with like four minutes left. I just wanted to see, you know, sad D- uh, Dabo. And then we can get back to the movie. Wait a minute here. You and Sawyer are both they both work in sports. You mean like you guys don't watch every single primetime football game together, like comparing notes? You actually watch other shows and movies? Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to watch Only Murders in the Building, but he won with the movie choice. So we mm. won with the movie choice. I like that show. I have Oh, only, it's so funny. The third season, is that what you're on? 
I am. Just the second episode of the third season, so we're not super into it yet. This is Martin Short, Steve Martin, and uh, Meryl Streep. Selena Gomez. Gomez and Meryl Streep's in this season, yeah. too. Meryl Haven't seen Streep's great reviews from yet. it, but yeah. I don't know. I watched the oh, football game oh, last night. <laughs> yeah, I just, I had, I'm not going to, I'll look in the score and I'll watch and follow it, but I didn't want to really invest that much time watching Clemson. Distasteful, huh? I, yeah, I'm a little bitter. Uh, makes sense. Makes sense. And though there are a lot of people that are um, celebrating what they think is Dabo Swinney's eventual downfall. You know what I mean? I th- he's a polarizing coach. Uh, I do think yeah. he's a good man. I-, I think some of the things that, that he says sometimes I-, I can't get with, but I think he's a good man. I think he's a great coach. And he's, man, I mean, you can't argue what he's done for 12 years with Clemson, whether or not they have a bad year here. And again, one week they're probably going to be okay but they haven't been yeah. okay for 12 years they've been really good to great for 12 is years it, is it just you think the main thing is because he just doesn't want to get involved in the portal i think i think he shot himself in the foot a couple times with some of those things um and not wanting to yeah adjust to the way that college football is right now um and, you know, I think that that just kind of bites you a little bit um, when you want to be kind of stuck in your ways as a coach and not adapt. Um, you know, it, is it because he has Chad Morris back on his staff with him as a, what is it, a special assistant to the head coach or something like that? And um, I've, 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 thought, I've seen a lot of Chad Morris conspiracies on uh, Twitter, which I, I, I laugh at. I giggle a little bit. His, his last six stops, though, you know, they were, they were showing <laughs> Chad. Bad. Oh, yeah, they were showing his last six stops. Like, how does he keep getting a job? He's, uh, he's like the program killer. Mm. Well, he still is a re- he's still, every time you read about him, though, they still refer to him as Texas high school coaching legend Chad Morris. But then, but then you gotta then you gotta let him know what happened in college. And the SMU thing yeah. is kind of forgotten about for good reason. But I didn't I didn't mean to turn this into a Chad Morris rip. No, I know. Rip session. No, I know. I know. I know. I know. I just. Um, but even I don't know. Even when after Arkansas let Chad go. Uh, Dabo had some comments about it, and it was that really mm-hmm. turned me the wrong way because it was like, you know, Dabo. First and foremost, you're in the middle of a season. Don't act like you have watched any of Arkansas football games to speak on anything that is going on with what Arkansas and Chad Morris are doing. So it's like it, what he was saying was just really off-putting to me for him to be so verbal about a situation he knew nothing about, and uh, on top of the fact of everything else, I just was kind of like, man, like. That was not your place to be saying this kind of stuff. Passion is something that exists in all of us. I know we got a lot of passionate Hog fans listening right now. And I know that all of you love football season. Dave Bushkill and his team over at Eastside Liquor are the exact same way. They can take care of all your tailgating and party needs. Whether it's just a few beers or alcohol in bulk. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith to check off every item on your list. Eastside Liquor, your number one stop for Arkansas football this season. 
Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey and Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey and Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey and Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey and Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. So my, my theme for the season is going to be something about the opponent. We did name that hog last year. We're going to do something about the opponent coming up. So last week, we, we looked into Kerwin Bell's career and all of the first-round draft choices that he played with at the University of Florida. Now we're going to get into Kent State. I guess I got in a little interesting history with Kent State. Growing up in Pittsburgh, Kent State is right outside Akron, and that's that is maybe an hour and 15, an hour and 20 minutes away. Uh, and I had a lot of friends, including myself, that did um, put in an application for Kent State. And the old joke was, can't read, can't write, Kent State. <laughs> it was your safety school in a lot of cases. It was for me. Um, I didn't go there, but I had a lot of friends that went there. And my Little League shortstop, a kid named Eugene Baker, is one of their greatest wide receivers in school history. In fact, the guy who just left there and transferred to North Carolina, who's still waiting to be able to be cleared by the NCAA, uh, broke a record uh, by Eugene Baker, who was that, uh, that player that I'm talking about. So I kind of had a little, a little soft spot for Kent State for a moment, but I certainly don't this weekend. All right. This is only through the text line, okay? So you got to text us on the McClarty Daniel text line, 877-377-6963. And the winner will be the first that gives the correct answer. There's only one Kent State Golden Flash alumna, alumnus who is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I think there's going to be a couple of others pretty soon, but there's only one right now. Who is that former Kent State football player who's the only Golden Flash that is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Did you see the... Uh, now, is Antonio Gates from Kent State? I... He was... He was uh, don't our, think he maybe Mur- play there? I thought... Uh, did, he might have. Did Coach Stan Heath coach there? He did. Yes, that's it. You're, you're on to something, Matt. And uh, you know who's going to be in the Hall of Fame? Who, who I just saw the 2024 list come out, but it's uh, Antonio Gates, Andrew Luck. And- well, I thought you said Antonio Brown. Yeah, Antonio Gates did play there, but he didn't play football. I know, but he's going to be in the NFL Hall of Fame. Antonio Gates, Andrew Luck, and Julius Peppers headline uh, the 24 class. Uh, that, that, that are eligible to be inducted. But right. I think and the, all three of those guys are going to well, be. Well, and the wild thing is that Gates and, and Peppers, I mean, either they could have had they could have had a future maybe in professional basketball moving. Peppers was a Peppers could have played tight end. He yeah. was a great basketball player. Oh, dude. He was on that North Carolina team. Yeah, they, but he was uh, he was an athlete. He could have played tight end. And uh, Gates, they were just, both of them were built kind of the same too. So the, the gentleman who, uh, I shouldn't, can you use the term gentleman? Because he was known as being uh, one of the meanest players in the history of the pro football game. 
Well, you could use it and be sarcastic in using it. Sure, I could. He was a state. He was a state forest ranger in Pennsylvania for decades. After his football, he might still. He might still be a state forestry ranger in Pennsylvania. He was also nicknamed Dracula in cleats. He didn't. He didn't write tickets. He just kind of slapped you around, did he? And then he might bite your neck and suck your blood. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. While he's knocking you down. Oh, yeah. Cliff Harris mm-hmm. might not have very good things to say about this gentleman who was famous for throwing Harris down in the Super Bowl after he did throw Roy Jarella missed a field goal, and Harris wanted to congratulate him for missing the field goal. And I have a correct answer here from somebody who lives in Kentucky. This Jason, one of our normal, one of our normal, I can't use that term for most of you, sorry, <laughs> one of our regular listeners. Um, Jason, you're in Frankfort, Kentucky. I mean, you got the right answer here, but can I really do... Do you, are you able to are you able to use you know the twenty five dollars to CJs and the ten dollars to alumni hall? <clears throat> we got a lot of right answers coming in here. Gates is not the correct answer because he's not in the Hall of Fame yet. He will be. Julian Edelman is not the answer, although he did play quarterback at Kent State for three years. Man. He's not in the Hall of Fame, and I don't think he'll make it. He, he won't be. He was he was a fun he was a fun player. Hmm. The correct answer is Jack Lambert. No B in Clarksville. It's not B-H in Clarksville. Bill Romanowski, incorrect. Lou Holtz, incorrect. Uh, look, Nick Saban, is he already in the College Football Hall of Fame? If he isn't, he should be. But that's different. He's never going to make it into Canton for his stint with the Miami Dolphins. And that's where, that's where Saban played at Kent State. It is Jack Lambert. So that, that had to have been one of your heroes growing up, right, Phil? Well, yeah, I mean, I was born was that in... before your time? No, it wasn't, I, kind of-ish. Like, I was born in 77. The Steelers won a couple of Super Bowls after that, but I wouldn't have remembered a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I did go to, this would have been, I think, the 1984 home opener at Three Rivers when the Steelers played the Chiefs, and Lambert stubbed his toe on the on the AstroTurf, and he had to retire at the end of the season because of the, because of turf the turf injury. toe. Yeah. That got Cedric Cobbs a little bit too, man. Cedric had that when man turf toe. When when you get it, it's uh, it's almost like a back. Oh, you you can't you can't do anything. It affects everything that oh, you do. It's the the worst. way you feel. Um, Jerry Eckwood had that injury, and it and it lingered. Russ Garber, it pretty much ended his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's what it is. It's it's a torn ligament in your big toe. I mean, and and you think, well, you can get by with you know, you can kind of just hobble your way through it. You can't, can you, Matt? I mean, it's just not. It, 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 gets, it gets that arthritis. It gets stiff. You got to pop it every day. I mean, it's just it's uh, debilitating. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Eighty four was Lambert's last year. I think he tried to tough out a few more games that season, but you know, at age thirty two, that was it for him. He had a ten year NFL career, rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, four time Super Bowl champion, and uh, just one of the meanest SOBs that was ever oh, on the football. Just, I was going to say, said, I don't sign autographs. No, I don't sign autographs. Pure nastiness. <laughs> No, little kid, no. But he's still revered. I mean, he is totally still revered in the, in all of Western Pennsylvania. That's right. He, he, took care of, he took care of business on the field. He did. Jason here is telling me that Lambert was teammates with Saban and Gary Pinkle, which I was unaware of that. I did not know that they would have been teammates. They were there at the same time. Now, that is some team. Gary Pinkle, Nick Saban. Was Saban a safety I'm assuming he, he was a D-back, been. right? I thought <laughs> it wouldn't have been any bigger to play any other position, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, they probably weren't any good. They just owned the team. Yeah. 
Well, Lambert was Lambert was. Is it fair to call him undersized as a linebacker at oh, 220 yeah. pounds? Yeah, no, there wouldn't any doubt. Even yeah, back then, speed. would he have been undersized? Yeah, but I mean, he's playing with speed. Yeah, maybe a little speed, anger, NFL. and and anger and and extra anger and meanness <laughs> and sullenness. Yeah, and fear. let's just say he played with an attitude. Yeah, he definitely did. All right, Jason in Frankfurt is the winner. Uh, today's correct answer. The only, and soon there's going to be more. There will be at least two more uh, that get, well, I'm thinking one of them gets in. That's Antonio Gates. I thought, for some reason, I put Julius Peppers down and thought he was at Kent State. Now he played at North Carolina. Is it wrong to refer to him as the flashes, or shouldn't you always say they're the golden flashes? Well, can you get away with calling University of Tulsa the hurricane? They're the golden hurricane. They're the golden hurricane, that's yeah. right. And, and UAPB is... They're the Golden Lions. No question about but it. But the University of California, Berkeley, is the Golden Bears. Nobody yeah, but there's just some the- places that Golden needs to be in, in. There's not, I mean, a flash is a flash. But a Golden Flash, that's you know different. That Kent State is also the second closest university to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The closest is the University of Akron, the- which is their arch rival 15 minutes away. Would you rather be a zip or would you rather be a Golden Flash? Well, the Flash is Dwayne the Wade. Flash. So yeah. we, we, the, you got to say the Golden Flash. Cause, yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say you'd rather be a... I don't want to be a zip. Oh, I mean, you get shut out every day of your life. Either that or it's like, have you ever zipped ever, anything in? Could be, yeah, you could be, be a real, nil. Really painful. Yeah, you could be an Akron nil. That works. A zero. <laughs> There are no teams out there called the Zeros. Is that, there is, that, is a zip. Is that when you're going to say you're not going to catch any tricks in spades? You go nil? <laughs> yeah, that is yeah, it. Yeah. Must the busy be. fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You can save time, eat well, and stay on track with a healthy lifestyle. We are offering a special deal for you. If you head to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and use code HTL50, you can get 50% off. This September, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your options and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals that can be ready in just two minutes. No prep and no mess. Try Factor and you'll still be able to get the flavor and nutritional quality you want and need. Remember, go to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and use code HTL50 to get 50% off. That's code HTL50 at factormeals.com slash HTL50. Prize picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Prize Picks is a skill-based, real-money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? Well, you pick two to six players, and if they will go for more or less than their Prize Picks projection. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Find out all about it at prizepicks.com slash HTL and use code HTL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash HTL and use the code HTL for that first deposit match of up to $100. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. Prizepicks.com, daily fantasy sports made easy. 
Are you feeling the heat this summer with soaring electric bills? Upgrade your AC system with Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric this August and experience the ultimate comfort in your home. This month, receive up to $500 off on attic insulation when you upgrade your AC. That's right, proper attic insulation can significantly reduce your energy bills, keeping your home cooler and more efficient. Worried about the cost? We've got you covered. With approved credit, enjoy payments as low as $99 a month. Picture this, lower energy bills can help you cover the cost of your new system. Now that's a win-win situation. So don't wait, call Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric now and save with a new AC system and insulation this August. Say goodbye to high electric bills and hello to ultimate comfort. Visit gopascal.com now and schedule your free estimate. With approved credit, exclusions apply, see dealer for details. Professional people, professional service, Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. And time to talk Bill King from Nashville Sports Radio, WNSR, hosting Monday through Friday from 6 to 9. And, Bill, appreciate your time today. How you doing after watching another, well, a real full week of college football, the, the real playing portion of the season? Thoroughly entertained. I mean, wonderful. It didn't have to be dude on dude. I just enjoyed all of it. There's a feeling that just by watching the first games of the year that this could be a different sort of college football season than we are used to. And I think watching Clemson last night just have such an ability scoring getting inside the red zone may also be a clue that this is going to be a really entertaining season and we may see some programs that we're not used to seeing fall to earth, maybe fall to earth. Do you think Clemson is falling to earth or is last night just a one-off? They do not have skilled player athletes. They have not replaced them since the 2019 team that got beat by LSU. And they had Justin Ross, and they had T. Higgins, and they had Amari Rogers. They had uh, ATN at, at running back. And they just don't have anything like that now. The receiving core is not athletic. The running back that they play, Will Shipley, solid, but he's not a big threat. The offensive line's decent. They do not have the dudes that they were getting year after year after year for about five, six years. They have not replenished them. Is this a matter of not going into the portal, or or is it a matter of maybe missing on some players that still have a lot of four and five stars? And if you're the if you're the Clemson athletics director, if you're somebody that's got Dabo Swinney's ear, I mean, how do you try to convince this man, who I think is quite stubborn, to Start trying to build the team. You don't have to do it all through the portal. You don't have to do. You don't have to be Dion. But this is how teams are built these days. It's through regular recruiting, which Dabo does well still, and transfer portal recruiting, which he acts doesn't exist. They don't do much of that. You're right, and they're not getting the high school kid who impacts. They're just not. And the other thing is they've been. They've got another new offensive coordinator, Garrett Riley, and it didn't look like he's allowed to do what he wants to do. That was not a Garrett Riley, Lincoln Riley, from the coaching tree there from. This was not the offense. It looks like he's shackled. Now, I'm not there every day, guys, but there's no way that was his game plan. I, I will not believe that. Bill, overreaction to, to week one. I was ready to give Florida State the, the national championship and Travis Hunter the, the Heisman Trophy. Um, who, who really impressed you week one? Well, Colorado TC was the most entertaining game. I just had a blast watching that game. And 
Travis Hunter, former number one ranked player in the entire national recruiting class a couple of years ago, is playing exactly that good. I don't think guys I've ever seen a, a player go both ways like that to that extent. In, in Fort Worth, Texas, heat midday played 125 snaps or whatever the number is, and he played exceedingly well. He caught what 130 yards worth of passes. He had a huge, crucial pick down on the goal line playing cornerback. I saw Charles Woodson guys, and again, I'm not I'm not comparing. Charles Woodson played occasionally at wide receiver. He wasn't out there every play. It'll be interesting to see how this kid holds up. Because he's only probably 6'1", but he's, he's lean. He's probably 170 pounds. It'll be fun to watch to see how many games he can do this without injury or fatigue. But right now, man, he's the most exciting player in college football based on one game. You got uh, Drake May and Caleb Williams. I think that are, are probably the top two quarterbacks in, in college football right now. Who are who are a couple other guys, Bill, that you really like? If you were to say three, four, and five out there, probably JJ McCarthy at Michigan would be somewhere in there. Again, no particular order. Jordan Travis. I would say the Riley Leonard kid from Duke who is a multi-star athlete from, from Mobile, Alabama, Fairhope, Alabama, and kind of a raw talent, and now scouts are all over this guy. Now, again, I don't – got a ways to go on all that, but I think you throw him in there at, at Duke the way they play. I'm sure I'm leaving somebody else. Shadir Sanders is getting a lot of uh, mentions. I'd, I'd probably have him in my top ten somewhere. The way Michael Penix – you gotta, you gotta have him in there, out of Washington. KJ Jefferson. Those are a few. Yeah, we were talking. I'm glad KJ's on our team. K, KJ Sharp, that Pac-12, <laughs> that, that Pac-12 quarterbacks, though. You're, you're right, Bo Nix there at Oregon, but no, KJ, KJ yep. looked very comfortable. But I think the Hogs, uh, they, they, they had a clean game. You know, one penalty on offense, and they kind of did what they were supposed to do. The, the big favorites did really well and they covered in 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 a lot of cases and the, in speaking of the time difference because of the uh, clock difference because of the new rules the overs hit more than the uh, unders it was kind of an interesting weekend you know what i gathered from at least some of what i read from you know fans or people that just did research watching games and timing commercials to the actual game itself uh, it, it sounds like they kept the same amount of commercials, and we have fewer plays now. Does that sound about right? It's the it's the same amount of commercial time, but less football. It's actually, yes. Start of the game, I don't mean the kickoff, but start of the broadcast to the last second of the broadcast seems longer. <laughs> it doesn't seem shorter. I think it's relatively the same. So they've either kept the same amount of ads. It feels like they've added ads. At least it feels like that to me. Lane Kiffin brought up a good point. If you go to a Taylor Swift concert, would you want her to play fewer songs? Is that what you want? I mean, is that, would you be, hey, she's trying to get out of here. She's going to cut 10 songs out of there. Or do you want to see football? I don't think anybody had a problem with football the way it was. I think they fixed something that didn't need fixing. Just, just proves they did it for the TV masters, which is what all their realignments about and 
I mean, the more the more we the more we see everything happening in front of us, the more we realize that the masters of college football are the ones that run ESPN and CBS and all the networks. I mean, those are really we don't have a commissioner for college football. We have television executives. Okay, a, a TV exec said this. You know how you grow up and you're told by your parents or Bible school the golden rule? Yeah, abide by the golden rule. Treat people the way you'd want to be treated by them. No, no, no. TV executive said the golden rule is he who has the gold makes the rules. That's exactly what you just said. There was a reader on Reddit, uh, that uh, on the college football page on Reddit, from the LSU-Florida State game, said that there was just under 56 minutes of ad time for a game that lasted three hours and 23 minutes. And, and somebody also answered on that page, yeah, it's about the same amount of commercial time. It's just less football. And that was an interesting game yep. to watch, too. You'd like to see more of LSU-Florida State uh, in those. Man, Jordan... Travis Jordan became a, a, a Heisman frontrunner from that game. Jaden Daniels, to some people, was a Heisman contender. Is he still? Is LSU still a contender as we completely overreact to week one? I don't think they are. I, I think they're top 15 good, probably. They've got some problems on defense. Having Mason Smith out, they're, they're stud defensive lineman who missed all of last year, basically with a knee, didn't help. He was suspended. And I don't think they're special at running back. I think they're average at running back. They had the neighbor's kid at receiver. I didn't see a whole lot besides him. And they got punked. I mean, and here's the other thing, guys. I hate to say this, but I, fourth quarter looked like LSU basically quit to me. And I didn't like seeing that either. Now, again, does that have anything to do with the next X number of weeks? Might, might not, but... That's what I witnessed in the second half. I don't know, though, Matt. Like, if, you, the, Bill's the, the second person to say this. We had someone on yesterday said that when they watched that game, they thought that it was they saw LSU kind of give up, quit in the in the fourth quarter, and that to me that's more of of uh, point the finger at the coaching staff. You know, you can't. How can that happen? The first week, like if you've had a bad season and week 10, you're having a rough game and you give up in the fourth quarter. It's not like it's understandable. You'd be like, yeah, kind of thought that might happen. Week one, that's the thing that surprises me. They, Florida State pushed LSU around. I, I didn't like how LSU played Perkins, having him spy and he was kind of getting lost in the traffic. You got to you gotta let that dude off his leash and say, go get the ball. You know, go out there and make plays for us. Don't have him hesitating, sitting back. Hundred percent, totally misused him. Don't don't let's not bottle him up and change his job responsibility. Let the NFL do that, right? If that's if that's what he needs to be in the future, let him play free and go get the mm-hmm. ball. He's athletic enough, as we saw against Arkansas. Just one example, he can chase everybody down. You got to let him do his thing, and they did die. That was one of many things that bothered me about that game. And guys, speaking of the portal. Keon Coleman, star receiver, Michigan State to Florida State. Jaheim Bell, star player out of South Carolina. They've got dudes, man, and they've got the deepest D-line and the best D-line, I think, in America. Yeah, I was, I was definitely overreacting. I was ready to give them the, the national title. Speaking of week, <laughs> week two, you got a couple good matchups. I think you got a sneaky good quarterback matchup in NC State and Notre Dame. Both those quarterbacks have, have played a lot of plays. Uh, and, and also, you, you get Alabama-Texas matchup. Which one of those are you looking, are you looking forward to this Alabama-Texas game? Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a measurement probably more for Texas than Alabama. Alabama played MTSU. They should dominate them. They did. 
Milrow played well. He should in that kind of game. This is another several notches up. I'm a big Quinn Ewers fan when he's right. If Quinn Ewers is is playing like a first-round draft pick, and by the way, guys, when you just asked me, Matt, about quarterbacks, I should have mentioned him in that list, then this could be an interesting ball game. They have a receiver core other than Ohio State, Florida State, a few of these other receiving cores. Texas has got one of the top couple of receiving cores in America. And that'll be an interesting matchup, too. I know Alabama may be down a couple of... Uh couple of uh, defensive yep. backs that they yep. may need for this game. So, I mean, it was it was uh, Ewers that was hurt in the last game that these two teams played. You may end up, he may end up be fa- facing a secondary that's down a couple of can, dudes. Can you imagine if Texas beats Alabama, if they go in there to Tuscaloosa? I mean, we, we just saw Dabo Duke get beat by, uh, or Clemson get beat by Duke. If Texas goes in there and beats Alabama, the sky will be falling. Bill, it would be an interesting situation here in Arkansas because everybody in Arkansas hates Texas. You know that very well. Um, um, but uh, nobody here roots for Alabama either, so it's just, I don't know. Maybe we'll just have to stick our fingers down our throat either way. <laughs> it, it, look, Alabama ought to win that game. I think this <clears throat> the spread's about 7.5 right now, but we don't know a lot about Alabama and the fixes that I've talked to you guys about. That that first game's good, but it's not. that's not the ultimate arbiter of the truth. I think we're going to get more of that Saturday. So I got to ask you, I was listening to your show this morning on WNSR 6 to 9, Monday through Friday, and you had alluded to uh, some betting that you'd done over the weekend. And that's kind of changed, you know, I think your experience in what watching college football is like on Saturdays. Because Bill's not a gambling man. I mean, I think I heard you say you've gone, you've gone 20 years between bets. I'm just like that. You know, but it's a, you know, you've got a betting sponsor. We do too. So was this... Was, how different was the experience for you uh, from what you had been, from how you have been enjoying college football in the previous years? I didn't even have a plan. I wasn't even thinking about it. I started Thursday, was it Thursday night, Friday, the Michigan State game. And I think I'm a football guy. So I think what I, I think I see things in game that gives me a huge advantage. So I bet Michigan State three times in game. Minus 13 and a half, eight and a half, and it got even tighter. They gave me three and a half. And of course, that one handily. And I was 11 and one. The only one I missed was Auburn, and I was doing it through the weekend. Again, guys, I had no plan. I just, I was just playing around. And then, and the Auburn game, heck, they were on the five yard line at the end and took a knee, or I would have won that one. Anyways, classic overbetting. I bet Clemson several times, which is just idiotic. You could tell early. Mike Elko, guys, is a brilliant coach. Now, I don't know what kind of dude he's going to get overall at Duke, but he he did a fantastic job at Wake Forest as a coordinator, Notre Dame, A&M, and now he's the head coach at Duke, and he won nine games in a situation that was not, you know, left him well by David Cutcliffe. But, yeah, guys, the, the betting thing is not a big deal. I, I bet pennies, right? I mean, it's nothing, but it was fun, and we'll see if week two allows me to think that I know what's going on in game. Maybe maybe they get me back this weekend. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.